Leadership Wealth, glad that you guys are here with us today. And I've got a special guest, as always, but an extra special guest. And he doesn't even know how extra special he is to me, that is. Um, but uh, everything, he's I'm sure he's been called names. I'm sure that, uh, you know, he's gone from every gambit in the spectrum, from famous to infamous and back to famous. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, on today's show, Casey <laughs> Comden. Casey, how are you doing today? Great to see you, Neil, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to have you on the show. I, you know, there are so many things that we're going to get into, and and uh, obviously the one that a lot of people know you famously and infamously for is the is the A word. We'll talk about uh, we'll talk about Amway in a moment, but uh, <laughs> why don't we give people a little bit of background? Uh, you know, the Toronto DJ who, uh, who of course, built himself into uh, a millionaire. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, growing up and, and then getting into business. Well, um, I grew up in Toronto, uh, East York area, and um, ended up um, having a passion for music. A pastor asked me to, how do we bring kids into the church? I said, that's easy, have a dance. So at 13, I became a DJ in a church. Yeah. That little church dance went to from 40 people to 400 to the police out in a parking lot managing thousands of people trying to get into this little dance. Uh, at 16, I ended up uh, becoming a DJ professionally where I joined a company. I started being booked out, uh, high schools, weddings, etc. I graduated out of East York Collegiate, moved into Ryerson, went to radio television arts. Thought I was going to be in the television business and the radio business and uh, paid for myself all the way through. Um, and then by the time I was 25, totally burnt out, no direction, no path, had no idea where I was going. I got a phone call from a friend said, Hey, they got this illegal selling pyramid. Would you like to see it? I said, eh, sounds good to me. And, uh, that was Amway. And I got my first mentor 25. Uh, he was a doctor, five degrees, wonderful man, Dr. George Berniowski. And then from there, um, I mean, I went from zero to hero in four years. I put 25,000 people into the Amway network marketing company in four years. They'd never seen anything like it. I was so bleeding edge ahead of my time. I didn't even know what I was doing because when you're in the middle of something, you're doing the do, you're not focused on the results. I woke up at 20 from zero to 29, uh, literally, like I said, 25,000 people downline and the internet started. <laughs> I'd love dropping that line. <laughs> Like and the internet started. Yes. And, uh, yes. I made my first hundred thousand a month at twenty nine. I was making two hundred thousand a month at thirty. And at thirty one, I was uh, besides the number one network marketer, the biggest leader, and the most successful person in the network marketing world industry in Canada, and one of the top people in the world in in all of network marketing. I was making five hundred thousand dollars a month, and you were watching it in real time. Yes, I was. <laughs> So, yes. Yeah. yeah, I will. Absolutely. And I what do you even say that about that. Well, like, what do you yeah, that's right. say about that? Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, here's what I'll tell you. And I, I, let's, we're going to get it kicked off. Uh, what I'm going to say is uh, he stole our money. He, uh, he get, got us uh, to dream and then didn't, uh, you know, and he made a lot of money, but we didn't. And it was just a scam and it was a pyramid scheme. That's that's what I have to say about that. There were the, how many people looked to you and said, uh, or looked not to you, obviously talking to someone else and said, you know what, they uh, they just scammed us out of their mo our money. I have absolute and total peace that that everything you just said is not true. Um, mm. I've lived. I've created five hundred people who earned over a million dollars. I've created. Yeah almost 20,000 people who made six figures doing that industry. People yeah. who come in and quit something is like a person who buys an exercise bike and doesn't lose weight for not riding it. And, uh, you know, so it's really, really peaceful for me when people say, oh, it was a scam. I said, no, I think everything has its more merit and its value. The biggest yeah. issue for people um, is that they fail because they are entering with a failure mindset. Uh, there's always been effortless, uh, effortless success available to everybody at any time in any industry it requires a new person to show up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's obviously lots of people that will, you know, start something and then quit. And oftentimes quitters, quitters are uh, 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 quitting. Something is human. 
Yeah. There's a disconnect between, oh, I signed up in that and it didn't work for me. It's like, well, there's a thousand things that you've tried and didn't work for you. But you to demonize something as, oh, that didn't work is to make you automatically fall into one of the five victims that builds the persona of human existence. You're either a victim, a villain, a pawn, a hero, or a guide. And yes. you're either one of these five people. If you say, oh, I was in that and I and it didn't work for me, well, great. Congratulations. You've personified yourself as the victim. Mm-hmm. You could have also taken the same path. It's like, you know, I got in that and I worked really hard at it. And though it didn't work for me, I didn't achieve the results I wanted. I was a hero knowing I was on a journey and I didn't own or possess the skills at that time to complete that journey. And so I actually chose to climb back off of that mountain and took the skills I did learn that took me up certain elevations and I applied it somewhere else and look at how high I've climbed up this mountain. Mm -hmm. See, that's, that's a hero, right? Victimizing and demonizing an experience makes everything, you know, sad. And then the key for life is, is that you don't want to demonize anything. Anything ever happened to you, Neil, didn't happen to you. Most importantly, you need to know what happened for you. Yes. Right? And yes. If, you know, if you live a life where you think it happened to you, God bless you, but you're the greatest victim I know. But if you, mm-hmm. if you actually understand that life is always happening, life is a school. And you get to select the lessons. So, you know, talking about, uh, you know, having that victim mindset, obviously you can hear it in just about any place you go. It doesn't have to be Amway network marketing. You know, you'll hear people talk about that in sports and all sorts of arenas where I think oftentimes someone has to compete. Yeah. Well, and um, one of the greatest things people used to ask me about being in the Amway business is like, you know, who are you going to try and catch or who are you trying to beat? And I always said to everybody, I said, I absolutely never tried to beat anyone. I never really tried to be anything better than the day I was before. Yeah. Like, you know, I knew that where I came from, I grew up on the Danforth of low income housing. I, you know, we went, came from a, you know, pretty tough area. Um, I knew the chance. Ch- I remember when I the police came to my parents' door and I was seven years old because I'd set a garage on fire uh, and had broken and entered. Um, they said, you know, he'll probably, if he lives to 18, he'll be juvie and most likely in prison. You need to move him because this child has too much aggression. And that was me. And, you know, when you your parents get that notice, they had a choice and they made tough choices. They're like, they literally had to rip up everything and, and take this son and move him to another location where that aggressive behavior was sh- was shunned upon in the East York community because we moved mm. up off the Danforth into East York. And what was interesting was is that you do become a product of that environment. And I remember being in a place um, where the people that were surrounding me weren't victims. They were like, we're, they were peaceful with the fact that life was hard. They understood that life was a series of journeys, that when you saw a hill and you didn't own the skills to climb it, that your only other task was to own the skills. It's life. People come to you probably for real estate and they, hey, you know, I want to become an agent. And they're like, blah, blah, blah. And they're talking a big stuff because they see maybe lifestyle or choices or income that a real estate agent makes. Maybe making 200K and you're in the upper 5%, the top 5%, like the upper percent, right? Then they're like, oh, I want to have the lifestyle. All you do is sit around all day, Neil. Uh, <laughs> right? But it's like, and you can give them the advice that here's a mountain, here's how you get to 200K or quarter million, whatever the number is, right? But they don't want to own the skills to learn right. how to do the climb. Right. You know, right. I think people go through phases in their life. Like I said, there's a victim, there's a yes. villain. There's the yep. pawn, there's the hero, and then there's the guy. You know, yeah. once I climbed to the top of the you know network marketing world, I was making, I've netted, net, not in, not gross, netted 30 million. Just stop wow. thinking about that number for a second, right? So yeah. I don't really have a lot of mountains I'm trying to climb anymore. Like people come to me, oh, you want to be the biggest of that? I'm like, well, I've been there, done that. Like I, I yeah. spoke in front of 82,000. You've been, were you there at the uh, Superdome or the uh, Skydome when we did the big Amway event? No, you were. You yes, were, I, w- I was at uh, a yeah, Skydome. Yep, I've got a, got a picture of it. <laughs> 30,000 people at the Skydome in Toronto, yeah. right? Yeah. And you can say, dang, you know, one of the keynotes, one of the most important people on the stage was who? It was me. Yeah, yeah I, it was you. That stage, yep. you watched 30,000 people light up like a Christmas tree. I mean, it was just like <laughs> insane. I, 
Yeah. I I actually got to at that event. I got to cross stage because I got a oh. I got a pin. I I can't remember what pin it was that I got, but I, I reached how a awesome level. That is? Yeah. It was amazing. Like, oh my god! Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Look, look, pin look, 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 look. yeah. But I had, it, it was I had yeah. had that. To give you an idea, you know, like I've had a diamond and an executive diamond pin on for almost fourteen years, sixteen years. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I spent more time as a diamond than I did any other pin. Like I right. did the highest levels of success. I was flying around in private jets and being picked up right. in limousines and, and, and stayed in the finest hotels. I mean, I've had meals that cost $10,000. Like, I mean, yeah. I understood life at the highest level. And then what happens is you kind of are finished with, I've done all that. And life shifts you from a hero kind to find another mountain to climb to a guy that says, well, hey, Neil, do you, do you want to go up that mountain? Because I've been up there like a whole bunch of times. I could guide you up there eh? like easily. If you're interested, just let me know. And, yeah. and so today, that's my journey. I'm 57. I have six kids. You know, I've got three grandkids. I got two stepchildren. I got five kids under 15. So I got my life is full. It's full of yeah. like deep, deep accomplishments. Like in the Canadian landscape, not again. Like, I mean, obviously, America's 10 times side of Canada, but in Canada, I've been there, done that. Like I've, yeah. like I've, I've achieved, I've achieved some pretty special things. And yet today right. I just don't have any drive to prove it. Like I don't have right. any desire. And I think that there's a group of people, certainly since the pandemic. And I appreciate that you started this podcast to support people that were not aware. They were, they were trying to get data. Like, you know, please talk to me what's going on out there. Like, and you did that. So God bless you, man, for doing that and bringing a voice and creating relationships and people community connect you. And you've got a kind spirit about you. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. I, I think people are sitting in one of these five personas. They're either, they've been a hero, they've climbed or a thing. And that tends to make you older. You know, I'm 57 now. I'm not, you know, 27. I'm not pissing vinegar. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm good. You know, it's yeah. like, but it's like, there's a lot of people sitting as a pond in a play and they're confused. The pandemic's affected yes. their career, their families, their health, mental, emotional, physical. And I created a product called the life map because what it did was it, it when I took all the teachings out of Amway and I ripped the best parts out, I left the bad stuff, which you mentioned, like I left the bad stuff out, the manipulation right. and the sales and the raw, raw extrinsic motivation. And I focused on intrinsic motivation, true awareness, the human being versus the human doing, understanding that we're a being before we're doing. And then, and I said, listen, the most people are caught chasing money at the forfeit yeah of relationships, health, mental, emotional, physical. And now I bring yes. a holistic approach to like, hey, here's what I was teaching the leaders that became million dollar earners. Like I mentioned earlier, it's like I've helped 500 people earn over a million dollars in the networking space. And that I'm proud of. Like, you know, yeah. I, I don't know what to do. And the thousands and tens of thousands of people that led on to hundreds of thousands of dollars of income from the business, right? I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. Right. But yeah. the greatest thing I hope is, is that now that I'm sitting here kind of in the guide phase of my life journey, it's like, well, my hope is to bring back awareness of like, here's the things I was doing at the peak of my potential. And this is what I teach now. And that's where Human mm -hmm. Potential International came about. And I know we connected through uh, Anthony, et cetera. And uh, it's, it's kind yeah. of fun because um, all we really want to do for people um, is help them have a better awareness. I always I have a phrase that says um, people would do better if they knew better. Yeah, that's like, right. I, I don't think people wake up and say, today I'm going to be stupid. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> wakes up and says, hey, today I'm going to have a shit day. I mean, I yeah. think people wake up and go, gosh, I, I don't I don't know where to go. Like, has anybody got a map for me? Like, who am I, who am I supposed to be? And having questions posed causes awareness. Like, you only yeah. know what you know because that's what you know. That's the limitation. So, yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, it's that, uh, that old saying of... Uh, you know, if you knew you would do, because to know and not do is not to know. You don't, yeah, you don't know what you don't know. That's why you don't know. Right. Because if you knew what yeah. you knew, you'd have it just to know and not to do is not to know. That's right. That's only 30 years old, buddy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've been that's doing right. that since I was yeah. 25. <laughs> so we definitely want to give a shout out to Anthony Ritchie, uh, yeah. senior. You guys go check out his podcast. Uh, yeah. And we've had Anthony on the show and uh, I saw Anthony had uh, you on the show there and uh, I immediately reached out um, because the part that I, I do want to share and Please. anyone that wants to say anything, first of all, what people should know is that Amway is a company that uh, provides products and all of that kind of stuff. And then everything 
you know, we, we created that whole distributorship and, uh, oh my goodness, SOTs and DVRs, DVRs, all these things that were all, uh, all training programs created around to help, uh, to help the distributors. Right. And so, and some of those things became what they did, but I want to, if you think about it in today's context, Neil, um, what a podcast is, is kind of like a, a what Neil just yes. referred to as an SOT, standing order tape. That's yes. how old Neil is. Uh, yes. <laughs> he was on cassette tapes, people. Let's be clear. <laughs> I I tried to find one of your. I've still got a couple of cassette tapes down uh, in the basement. I was trying to find them. I didn't get them. In, I, I can. I've got them all. I've got <laughs> every one of my originals, and yes. including the original videos. Oh wow! Yeah, That's on amazing. My, on my website. Yeah, so people can go oh. watch it and see it. Yeah, nextlevelnetworker.com is my is my like if, uh, what was it eight years ago? My mentor said to me, Casey, if you die tomorrow, what will you have left in the world? And I said, other than you know money, real estate, stocks, and all that kind of junk. Um, he says, no, what will you have left is value to the world. And I'm yeah. like, he says, you are the number one network marketer in Canadian history. You're the number one guy in Amway. You broke all these records, and there's no data. Like, there's no knowledge of that. I'm like, wow. Yeah. He says, so your kids will never know what their father did. And I right. was like, whoa. And so I actually literally, I dropped three projects. I completely swung my attention over to the next level networker. And the big shift for me was that uh, I actually built that repository today. So it's a great repository there. And uh, yeah, you can you can go there. So I can, uh, and I'll give you an account, buddy. So you can go check it out. It's fun. Love it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. That would yeah. be great. Um, I, I got, obviously I got to see a lot of those different events in person. Live. Um, live. Yeah. Here's the live date remember. The system is the secret. The system is the secret. It's the number well, one. They make, they sold 20 million copies worldwide in oh, oh, umpteen wow. languages. They didn't even, right. they, I remember being in, um, in, uh, where was the big one? That was, I think it was in either Indianapolis and a, a group of Koreans came running at me. System of secret, system of secret. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't hear the language because they were saying it so hard and fast to me. And then yeah. finally I realized they had converted my original system as a secret into Korean. Right. And then, right. And then people were living and breathing their success in the Amway business with that audio. And then I met yeah. people from Yugoslavia and Czechoslovakia, Poland, who were literally holding the original cassettes. Ask me to sign them. I'm like, wow. Okay, like this is intense. Yes. Sometimes you know you don't realize how much we impacted the world. Yes. We get very myopic, right? Very self-centered. <laughs> like some of the stuff we do really touches the world. So absolutely. We we never realize the power of of that one moment and how it can change someone's trajectory how it can transform their life in in a moment and i i loved it you know you talked about being in the danforth um i actually grew up in scarborough uh just in if you know tuxedo court um uh, a little bit of a rough area known for uh, at at those at that time known for the drugs known what for, was across what was across street ellesmere was that uh, markham and ellesmere yep okay markham good yeah i was just saying yep. so I, I know that yep. so i built the nightclub Doc, Dr. John's. Dr. John's. Oh I my goodness. <laughs> That's I, understand. I was I was in the nightclub business. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I built so, Dr. John's. So Dr. John's, uh, I think my brother might have worked there at Dr. John's for a little bit. I ended up uh working at a club that opened up just further down the strip where I worked at Chi Chi's. You might remember oh, yeah, Chi Chi's yeah, at the end of the strip. Yeah. In behind there was Tuxedo Court and right. all of the right. trouble, right? Yeah. Now I, I worked at the uh, Elsmeros O'Tools. Oh my goodness, and Kennedy. Yeah, I worked at the O'Tools <laughs> and Gleaners, which was down the street from there. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, there's a, it was in a young, like a, a, a smaller club, but yeah, I so, got. So anyone from Toronto, you know this most of these landmarks. The old. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got to go back because a lot of these locations yeah. aren't there anymore. No, no, no. Um, but but here's the so here's what I want to point at that point in time in my life I was running those streets and um, and the highest level of mentorship I had at that point in time were the drug dealers that ran the area yeah and uh, and it was that's what made sense um, mm-hmm. it it I didn't know anyone that was colored that was in any position of authority 
Um, and it was a rough uh, time that was way back. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. It, we're we're obviously going back early, in the early nineties. Yeah, early, yeah, late eighties. Yeah, that's right. Late yeah, late eighties, early nineties, yeah. and and so at that point in time, what uh, you know, I remember thinking these things. And now here's something you you'll never have known, but I was actually in the midst of you know I was talking with other friends that you know were in the area and in the gang together, and we said, all right, uh, it's time. We, we need to step up. And what that means is we're going to have to remove the people that are in power right now in the area. And, um, and I was actually, we had, we had, um, a guy that was coming down, he was going to be bringing some firearms and we were going to be purchasing them and you know what we were going to be doing with them. And I was working at the Denny's. Oh my I, I was still, I was still, I was still work. I was still making money. However, I was going to make money, but I wanted to make more. So that was going to be my next step. And, uh, and this guy didn't show up that day. So I told the guys, I said, all right, listen, we got to find out what happened to him. You, you don't not show up. We'll have to deal with him when that, when that, when we find him and, uh, you know, I'll talk to you guys. I went to my shift that night, that night, uh, a guy named Brendan Blair, who was uh, my sponsor, <laughs> uh, who became my sponsor, he actually talked to me and said, hey, you know what? There's this, uh, I, I'd like to talk to you about a business opportunity. And I thought to myself, here's an, a legal business opportunity versus an illegal business opportunity. Yeah. Let's check it out. Let's check it out. I, I told the guys and I said, hey, let, I'm going I'm to check this out. We got to find the guy you know, and, uh, let me go see what this is. Cause Hey, if we can do it legal legally, then why bother going the other route? Right. Um, there was just no opportunities that we knew of. Sure. For and, sure. and I, I was one of the smartest guys in the group. Sorry guys, but you guys, <laughs> um, and so we did it. And, and so I went down that road. Now, none of the other guys obviously wanted to get into that stuff, but I couldn't connect with any of those individuals. And I saw you come up on a stage one time, and I think we were at a at a uh, hotel out by the airport one time. Sheridan, and Sheridan Parkway. Sheridan Parkway. That's right. <laughs> and you came up and you started talking, and you did your yeah. <laughs> snotty nose kid and talking about a DJ. And I went, I don't know about the rest of these guys because I I'm and I was making more money than guy. all of them. <laughs> I, I was, was like, yeah. but I like this guy. And he spoke in language that I spoke. Because we were from the street. We understood. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and that made a difference in my life. And I did Amway for another few years. Mm -hmm. I was, as I was then starting to try to make a transition out, because now I had something legal. Mm. I didn't want to do the gang thing anymore. Right, right. And I ended up almost dying in a knife fight um, and made an entirely an entire change, um, ended up leaving Amway at that time, left everything, realized there was a wholesale change that I needed to make. But but um, wow. But that has sat with me for all my years, even even now I continue to. Um, that's got to be 30. That's got to be 30 years ago. Twenty nine yeah. for sure. Yeah. 29 yeah. years ago. Wow. Nin 1997, Feb uh, January uh, 22nd, something like that. That weekend was when I almost died in the knife fight. Wow. And and I was like, I almost died in an operating table at Scarborough General Hospital. And um, and then, you know, would end up making that change. But what I what's really important about that, and I wanted to share this with you, it's why I wanted to have you on, is that it made a difference. Forget about any of the other things, the difference that it made because it gave me a direction to go in. Here was a guy who I could see myself in and I, and I started to move in that direction. And, uh, and because quite frankly, I just didn't resonate with a lot of the other guys. And now sure. I still talk to Brendan. I still talk to some of those guys, but I want to just let you know that nothing, everything else aside, that was the impact that you had in one guy's life. 
mm. and the difference that that makes to uh, you know oh. now a real estate investor uh, in real estate financing, uh, podcasting, you know, all the father and um, husband. Uh, I've got four kids myself, and so oh, wow. you, you know, so yeah. it it shows you that you never know, never know what kind of impact you can make in people's lives. And that's just one. Who knows how many tens of thousands? Oh, it's it's it right? has been fun over the years. Like um, when I left the Amway business in 2010 um, due to a disagreement with the company, um, they were forcing me to sell product I didn't believe in. And I said, no, I won't do it. And then so they launched a lawsuit against me. And anyways, long short of it, I left the Amway business in 2010. For the last decade, you know, over the last, it's been 12 years, 2010, but um, I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me because they're like, you know, hey, I didn't do really well in Amway, you know, maybe a couple thousand bucks or something, but they're like, you said this at this event and it meant this. And I'm like, yeah. wow. And like, so today um, I moved from being the hero. There needed to be a hero. Like there ha I had to play a role as a hero climbing a mountain that seemed impossible. Like, let's right. face it, making a million dollars in Amway, like that just seemed like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. that, right? And yeah. And when I did it, and then I was doing it like, like every year, like I went from making a million dollars gross to like literally netting millions of dollars a year. My peak, I peaked at 560,000 a month. I never did quite make a million dollars a month. That was my goal. Uh, I never got there. Um, but I, I only had one goal for a million dollars a month. And it was the concept, Neil, of saying to people, if I can make a million dollars a month, you can make a million dollars a year. That's all. That was my people yeah. say, well, why do you have that as a goal? I'm like, you want a bigger house or a bigger? I'm like, I don't know how you get a bigger. <laughs> it's like, you know, it was like, it was 20, it was on 25 acres up across from Stronix. I mean, it was like, it was crazy. And what I realized was the motivation was I just wish when I was younger, I went through some really tough times. I had no friends and um, yeah, I was isolated. Um, uh, my daughter, my daughter, my sister was. Uh, my parents' only other child, and she was six years younger than me. So there was just like no connection at all. So, you know, when you're 16 and your daughter and your sister's 10, it's like there's not really any relations. And I was alone for most of my young adult life and always felt lonely, always felt like I was nothing. I was a nobody. I wasn't important. And I kept trying to find a way to express my value in the world. And it turned out to be the Amway business of all things. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it could have been a lot of things, but it was what yeah. Today, um, the saddest thing I miss about the Amway business was it was a cultural community of optimism and hope seeded yeah. and weaved with moralistic and ethical values as the mm -hmm. underpinnings of um, adult behavior. I mean, you know, it was you knew you could take your wife to an Amway meeting and she wouldn't get yeah. hit on. You knew yeah. you could leave your children with other Amway children and everybody was safe. You know, like it was this. Yeah. There was a, it was this unspoken code. And if a yeah. douchebag ever showed up, like he, he didn't last. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It didn't fit. <laughs> like yeah. you know, Googling at the women is like, yeah, let me show you the door over here. <laughs> like it was just, yeah. you know, like it just was like that. There was just a moral yeah. compass. And I yeah. think that that is what people are looking for. I think today mm -hmm. people are looking for a moral and ethical compass. It's not about religion. It's not about that. It's, about morality. It's about who do I be? What's important yes, to me? Yes. You know, it's not, it's not like why well, I need to believe this and need, but that's not what Amway was. As you know, Amway was not really, it was kind of generally Christian, but like it's still inclusive. I mean, we had yeah. Jewish people, we had every kind of ethnicity. What it was was it was moral fiber. It was like mm -hmm. who we're trying to be. And I think that maybe that's what you're trying to emulate with your podcast, which is like, here's some just good principle-based, moralistic, ethical direction on here's how to direct your life. Here's how to yeah. go somewhere that causes your life to be better. And mm -hmm. that's the magic of what this is about. And today, you know, the reason I do what I do, and I did the interview with Anthony, and, and of course I'm here with you, is that, you know, my goal is to provide that community again. I think if yeah. there's anything... I miss, I don't really miss, I hate, I'm not a big network marketing fan anymore. The industry changed dramatically. They introduced the binary comps. It's all about sales networking. It's uh, social capital. It's abuse of people. It's a, uh, I'm a consultant to the network marketing industry today. And I, I go in and give network marketing scores. 
I said, here's on a scale of one to 10. So a 10 looks like this is what a one looks like. You're a three. And I'm like, here's mm-hmm. how these seven get corrected because right now you're about to hurt a lot of people. That's my mm-hmm. message. Network marketing companies are like, what do you mean? Oh, we're trying to help them make money. And I'm like, yeah, and there's more to my money. So let's just get really clear on the ethical of your manipulation, extrinsically motivating them to get that new car that they really shouldn't be buying because financially they're not in the right place to right. see that payment. And right. you're doing that for whose benefit? So you can tell everybody how many BMW owners you've got in your organization. Like, so that I like I I challenge a lot of CEOs, presidents, and executives to get morally and ethically right on here's how to build a true integrity inside of a network marketing company. So, and I'm a consultant. Yeah. That's that's what I do today. You know, yeah. you know, kind of the things that I that I do. But my real passion is the people. Like my yeah. my real passion. Like even I look back at Amway. It's like Amway was just a necessary vehicle. We just need to yeah. have one common thing that brought yeah. us together. It's really the product was average. The comp was horrid. The everything about Amway as a company was on a scale of one to 10 was a three. Mm. One redeeming value is that they had the right moral compass. Right. They were God family country said, right. this is what we stand for. They put the flag up and said, okay, this is who we be. Yes. Our, our product's average. Our comp is average. Our, Everything is average, but we got this. We got that part right. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're still the number one company in the world at eight billion. You know, <laughs> it's just hilarious. Yeah. And then, it, it, but it screams that life is more than money, more than mm. all that. Yes, yeah. It screams. It screams like yes. Here's a company with terrible product, terrible comp, terrible marketing, terrible branding, terrible everything. But one redeeming big flag in the ground, uh, over the top ethical. It's like, oh yeah, everyone goes with that company. Like there are mm-hmm. people. Who, uh, Dr. George is still an Amway distributor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My God! Like you know, yeah. I, I, yeah, I talked to him a couple of years ago. He's just like, yeah. yeah. He says, "I'll die an Amway distributor." He said because the compass is right. And I was like, right. oh, yeah, good point. You know, so right. But that's what. what yeah. Well, absolutely. And you know, I think one of the the very point of leadership to wealth is that people wrap up this idea of wealth strictly in the sense of money. And uh, I really like to get to what precedes that, which is leadership, which is ownership of self and uh, really accountability. And I think, and and there's different areas that are really important to people. And obviously you can have money. And one of the things that I've realized through life is that you can have money and still be empty. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can be in great shape and still be empty. And there is something to be addressed in the, and I love what you've already talked about in the being, right? Looking at yourself. And and that comes back to the leadership component, starting with me and who who uh, I am. And, um, and so, because everything comes out of that. You can have all of those other things. And if you haven't really dealt with what's at the core, then none of those things are going to mean anything. Yeah. Well, everywhere you go, there you are. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. It, it's true. Um, so so let, let's talk. You're, you're bringing up this this great point. OK, there's lots of money you can make. And uh, but they had this moral compass. Now, I know that for you, family has been a big thing in your life and you can uh you know we really want to get into the crux of uh failure and success you know uh zero to hero and maybe back again and forth mm-hmm. um and you've been through a lot of different spaces there you talked about you oh, know yeah. the loneliness of uh of being a loner uh when you were younger and and then obviously you've gone through a lot of different things with family as well uh can you talk a little bit about what you see as wealth when it comes to family. Okay. Um, so first let's identify the emotional component. Like zero to hero to zero to guy is what it is. And okay. it's, um, it, so there are five driving emotions to all behavior, which is alone, lonely, sad, hurt, and afraid. Those are at the core seat of what drives most behavior is you're, you're experiencing a, alone, right? Which is that you are literally all alone in mentally, emotionally, or you're lonely you're craving something you can't have, or you're craving something that you're not being enough of for other people to be with you. You know, you'll mm. never let anyone love you more than you love yourself. Yes. That's why yes. they divorce. They don't divorce because they don't 
want to be in relationship, they divorce because they either get one of two experiences. They either get the experience of the partner over loves them. They feel unworthy okay. and destroy the relationship. Right. Right. Or they're, they're so unworthy, right. That the other person can't stand it. And, you know, so it's, so everywhere you go, there you are. There's no yeah. other out there. There's only in here looking out there, making stuff up. Yeah. Right. So, um, I believe that, um, there's a quote that I, that, I share all the time, which is there's no force more powerful in your universe than the need to remain consistent with your expectation of self. Yes. Right. The need to stay consistent with your expectation of self. Yes. That begs a question. Where does expectation of self come from? Yes. Right. So yep. now you go, Oh, what I'm listening to, what I'm reading, who I'm associating with. Yeah. Henceforth Amway, tapes, yeah. books, and functions. <laughs> when yeah. people are like, oh, I drop you into a community of people who believe that they're doing the right thing, going the right way, standing for the right more values and companies. Yeah. It's like yeah. the expectation itself goes bang. Zero, like it automatically jumps from I'm going to run a gang to I'm going to start my own business. Like, and you're like, and you're like, oh, and your friends were like overnight. You're like within with days and weeks, you went from being the leader of a gang trying to buy firearms to a guy that's like, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to. Because you moved your expectation from the game to a, you, you took your eyes and you moved it to a different, you know, visual, auditory. Yeah, absolutely. Aesthetic, showing up every Tuesday night at the Sheridan Parkway. Like, it's like, you know, like, oh, I get it. Like, you are who you associate with. And yep. so when we talk about, uh, like, moving ourselves, and you talked about, obviously, leadership and how does that impact family, it's like, the biggest and most important thing is, is that if you haven't dealt with yourself first, you haven't dealt with the real issue. People don't have problems. They have a thinking about the problem that's wrong. Right. We don't have problems because the way we think about the problem is the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People ask me all the time. They say, well, you, when they, I get hired to consult, they go, can you help me solve this problem? I said, no. They look at me like... Well, what? I go, no, I won't help you solve the problem. Well, why not? What, what did I hire you for? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Especially at my prices. So they're like, yeah. you know, and I said, uh, I said, but I will help you with the thinking. Hmm. I said, you don't have a problem. You have a thinking perspective that's wrong. Yeah. I don't fix problems. I fix thinking and thinking fix problems. Yeah. So there's something called the subjective versus the objective. Subjective yep. is through my eyes. I'm looking at it a certain way. And we, the way we look at something isn't true. It's just true for us. Yes. Yes. A fun thing to look at, look up uh, Google mind projection fallacy. One of the best. Mind projection fallacy. Okay. Mind projection fallacy. Just Google it for fun. Uh, what it means, Neil, is that it isn't true. It's just true for you. People, people are constantly yeah. shooting at other people. You know, you should this, you should that. They're projecting out their values as they see them. But the way they see things isn't right. It's just right for them. Yes. yes. You know, William Shakespeare said 400 years ago, he said, nothing's neither good nor bad, but thinking make it so. Right. Right. Yes. So, so we don't have a problem. We don't have a relationship problem. We don't have a problem with money. We don't have a, we have a thinking about relationships, thinking about money, thinking about career, thinking about health, thinking about pick a topic. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh nothing, the most important thing is nothing has any meaning except the meaning we assign it. That is assigned to it. Absolutely. That's it. Everything yeah. else is just made up. That's why the I, meant, I said earlier, there's no out there out there. There's just in here looking out there making shit up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> making I, remember, stuff up. I remember Brian Tracy uh, saying, and I've quoted this for uh, almost thirty years now. Uh, a foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. Oh wow! And, I remember that quote. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. and it I has resonated me. Right? Yeah, we're going old, old school, school with Brian Tracy. Like, and yeah. but it is resonated because. I have to ask myself, and I think for, for those of you guys that are watching and listening right now, it's important for us to ask ourselves, what are those consistencies? What are those things that we need to be consistent with that are directing us into these 
we find ourselves down the familiar pathway, down the same same corridor. Yeah, I would I would even go another step beyond the consistency. Yeah. Right? Which is the consistency is what needs to be questioned. Yes. Yes. See, because it, it, the consistency exists because you've assigned it a meaning. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, what if we challenge the meaning and the thought of it? Right? Yeah. Because oh. <laughs> it's creating everything. Yes. Which is the problem. <laughs> right? So if we get that out of the way and we start questioning everything, there's some amazing. Uh, do you know who Byron Katie is? Never heard the name sounds familiar, yeah. but I so she's a she's a she's a an incredible soul and wonderful woman. She's been I, I think she's in her mid 70s now, but she did an audio called Loving What Is like 20 years ago. And yep. um she's not she's not everybody's cup of tea. Um I will say this, she's out there. Like if you're not into woo-woo, you'll find her tough to listen to. But she did do some amazing work called the work, and it's four questions. And the four questions are, the first question is that every, she, her whole premise about human, the, the elimination of human suffering. So for example, let me just give you this quote, because it may bless everybody. Suffering only exists because we argue with what is. So what is, is the reality, is the physical universe doesn't lie. So you suffer because a marriage is ended or you suffer because you've lost your money or you've suffered because you're losing a job. Suffering is an imposed condition. It's different than pain. Pain is a group of receptors on your body that are triggered because there's a break in a nerve. So you have pain. Yeah. Pain disappears somewhere between three and five days, they say, where the nerves find new paths and the pain but the suffering continues mm -hmm. because it's imposed. Wow. You just gave me words for what I've been experiencing this year. Uh, beginning of the year, or just over Christmas, I was, uh, was having some physical pain. I was fatigued, a bunch of things were going on, uh, some health challenges. And, uh, and then I, I went on a two-week water fast. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is about that is, you know, my wife was like, that's crazy. You know, doesn't that bother you? And I was like, sure, there was some pain the first couple of days yeah, yeah. from not eating. Yeah. If you're not ready. For but it. there was no suffering in it. And I've and I've done a lot. I've actually dropped 30 pounds since the beginning of the year. And there's been no suffering in it. Not much because I the, the pain effectively went away. And what I was doing it for was everything. Right. It, it, it was, you know, I'm, I'm like, I need to get my health in line. I'm not doing well. Two years of being in a pandemic, I put on 40 pounds, blah, 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 blah. And none of it mattered. And so I, I couldn't put into words, why has it been easy to go without food? Ah, there you go. The meaning. Yep. That you this is what you're talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. So that's, so that's why, like for me, yeah. um, so I'll, I'll complete the conversation, which is Byron Katie released something called the work, which was to answer the issue of suffering. Yeah. And suffering only exists because we argue with what is. We okay. look at our situation and we go, that's bad. So we've assigned the meaning, that's bad. Yeah. We can equally assign the meaning, yeah. that's good. But we don't. We, we like suffering. Like it's suffering then is like this badge of honor. It's like, see how much pain I'm in. Like, and that ends and pushes us automatically into victimhood. Right. And, and what's interesting about this journey is she asked four questions. So, you know, it's like the first question is, is it true? Is it true? The second question is, is can you be a hundred percent certain that it's true? And since there's no certainty in truth, you know, it, it negates the first question, which is like, no, you can never be a hundred percent certain. Right. But then the next question is, is um, how does it make you feel when you think that thought? Yeah. And how would you feel if you didn't think that thought? And it's called a reversal. It's like you stop and you go, oh, you know, like I, I'm, 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 my divorce is bad or this is yeah. bad. And I, so-and-so this, you could make up whatever the suffering is. And I'm not negating people's suffering. What I'm saying is, I'm asking people to consider a new narrative. Mm -hmm. Did it yeah. happen 
for you or did it happen to you? Yeah. Right. Like there's, yeah. again, it's, um, I'm not an uncompassionate person. I'm a person that understands that suffering exists because we argue with reality's truth. Right. And we don't the want it to be that way. So we suffer. I don't want to not have a job. I want mm -hmm. a job. I don't want to not have money. Right. I want money, but we suffer because we don't have money or we suffer because we don't have right. a job. We suffer right. because we don't have a relationship. Yeah. And the truth is, is that suffering is imposed because we want reality to be different. I, th I think it's back to what we were talking about earlier in the expectation, right? It's, it's not in line with what we are expecting for our situation in our life. Yes, that's right. We want to, we want our life and our circumstances to be different. Therefore, therefore we, here's what's interesting. Most people like, um, most people feel like if they feel sad or angry, it will motivate them to change. Yeah. And all it does is disables them. Hmm. Can you say more about that? Well, what happens is, is that instinctively sadness, anger, different varying emotions, fear, right? Grief. They create an adrenaline, right? A, a, a biological response. So we take action. I never want to feel that way again. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So, so there are some people, Neil, that are arsonist firefighters. <laughs> I've seen that in my life. Yes. They see a fire? Yeah. So they can put it out. Yes. Okay, that fire wasn't you have you saw that fire? Watch this fire. Yeah. <laughs> bigger fire. And then a bigger fire. Then a bigger fire. And it's like, and there's just not enough fire big enough. Then they're buying gasoline and propane tanks. You know, and oh. it's like, what the hell? Because they don't realize that they don't need to extrinsically motivate themselves to change. Right. 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 It's your, you have and possess all the power to make the change without the drama right. and right. the suffering. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, there's a quote that goes with that, which is this, it says, you know, suffering only exists because we argue with what is, yeah. and we only lose 100% of the time. Wow. Because there's no, because no amount of suffering will change the truth. Right. Right. That's why right. arguing with it is like absolutely futile at every level, but it's the condition of the human experience. Sadly. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let me, let me ask this question. Cause you know, obviously you've talked about suffering and you know, we taught, we were, kind of going in a little bit about family and things like that. And I know that uh, you've, you've had some different, you've shared about how important family is, which really gets me to, mm -hmm. to the question of, have you, is there, have you seen suffering for you in, in your life when it, when it comes to family? And um, I think, and can you I speak think about that, that? because I've had, I, I've been blessed. Uh, so I had a uh, relationship with my first life partner, which was the primary for my Amway business. Um, yeah. I had three children with her. And, um, and so I was one kind of person for those three type, three children as I built my kind of empire, climbing the mountain, uh, showing yeah. this type of stuff. Yeah. I end up uh, remarrying after divorce much later in my career, 2005, I got married. My, I began another family in 2006 and eight. And then when I, uh, in 2010, when I went, left the Amway business in bankruptcy and certain down bankruptcy in a lawsuit, which led to a bankruptcy and all kinds of crazy things, you know, I, I had another set of experiences. And the hardest thing for me is to realize that it's one thing to be zero to hero to zero. Like, like it's what everybody thinks of the hero is the guy who just has it all figured out all the time. What actually makes up a hero is the number of times they fail. Mm. Yes. Right? You, fall yes. Down, yes. you fall down 99, you get up 100. Yes. That's a hero, right? Yes. People don't want to talk about the fall down. Yes. They only, yes. they only, only want to have a conversation about this to get up. Yeah. Right? And they feel like there's this um, th there's this part of us that's um, 
Like it's never supposed to fail, never supposed to make a mistake, not supposed to be stupid, isn't supposed to be un unlogical and emotional. Like there's a part of people that per picture that life is um, robotic. And that's not true. Life is nasty and dirty and f sad and painful. It, mm -hmm. it's like people think success is a line that goes from A to B. And yep. has there's I've never seen anything like it. Like yeah. even going for the highest levels in the Amway business and all the things I went through, it's like it yep. all happened like at the last second or the last minute or the last hour or the last yep. day of the last. Yep. You know, like it was like not that we weren't pressing all the way towards it, but it was right. like this fate turned in that situation and and you know bending and twisting and it was like like it was just all the time chaos. I mean, yeah. people the the same. The same uh, months that I qualified at the highest level in the Amway business, somebody was driving to an event in Northern Ontario in Sudbury, Ontario, and died in a car crash driving to an Amway event. Wow. So how do you deal with that? You're on stage being celebrated, and there are people whose family are dead. Like, yeah. and what do you do with that? Now, there were 250,000 people in my network. So it was just math at a certain point. When you've got tens of thousands of people driving across Canada, trying to get to different events that you're going to mm -hmm. have an act. I mean, a road accident is the number one way to die in Canada. Just check out the 401 <laughs> statistics. <You'll love> yeah. <laughs> like, no, but yeah. it's like, you know, and people are like, well, that's bad. I'm like, so because there was the potential that a, a family could die, I should have never helped anyone. Like there's a, there's conflicting duality in that, right? It's like, you know, we don't want that, but that's the messy part of the true movement towards success. It's that there's no linearness to this. There's no A to B. It's just, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and just try and be a little bit better. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like I don't, I, and like people say, oh, I'm going to try and pass so-and-so. I'm like, well, that's a waste of your time and effort. Because you have no idea who they are. You haven't walked in their shoes. You have no idea what they've been up against, right? Like, why would you even worry about that, right? So this is the magic for me is that I've learned that uh, success is just the way, the lens and narrative that you have for yourself. Mm -hmm. right? and, and I can say this. Uh, today, I um, I now mentor and coach people. And uh, I, I, I believe that the mentorship that I do with people does two things specifically. Okay. The first thing that it does is it accelerates time. Why would someone said, well, you know, why would I have a mentor? I said, well, how old are you? And, you know, I, they tell me the rage, whatever it is. And I, funny, I just, I've been mentoring a guy who's 35. I said, I'm 22 years older than you. I said, I can save you 22 years. <laughs> like, do you have any other questions? Like, you know, and they look at me like, oh yeah. I said, listen, here's a great question. How do you cross a minefield? Besides, besides carefully, right? Yeah. Like, how do you cross a minefield in the footsteps of someone yes. made it to the other side? Yes. Like if you go halfway, there's a big hole, go back. Yeah. <laughs> like, so when people say to me, what's mentorship? I said, it's simple. It's time acceleration. The yeah. second thing mentorship is a mentor sees things, all the things that are good about you and all the things that are bad about you. And their number one priority is to protect you from your enemies which is mainly you. Yeah. At the end of the day, the only person who's going to beat you really is you. That's right. There's no out there out there. There's yeah. just inside your head, making shit up, saying this, saying that, putting perspective on this, putting perspective on that. You're, you're constantly yeah. second guess. It's like, why? Why would you try and use your own brain to analyze your own dysfunction? Albert Einstein said the significant problems we face in life can't be solved at the same level of thinking we're at when we created the problem. Yes. Henceforth, the idiot is the person who thinks they can solve their own problem. Right. Hence the need for mentorship. Yeah. Difference in, there's three denominations. There's trainer, yeah. coach, and mentor. Yeah. Trainer is transfer of skills. Yeah. Give me a skill set. I know that my student's successful when they can replicate the trainer's exact replica. That, and they get a check mark because that's just skills yeah. transfer. Coaching is action, feedback, correction, action, action, feedback, correction, action, action. Because a coach is trying to take someone from A to B by giving them path and direction, 
constantly correcting and, and supporting them in that direction, yeah. right? Mentorship is philosophical dissertation about the way they think about your problem. I'll never tell you what to do. I'll tell you how I think about what you should do. And then you mm -hmm. can choose to go do it wrong so we can both come back and look at how you did it wrong. <laughs> or you can just take my advice. <laughs> Save yourself a hell of a lot of time. Right. <laughs> practice yeah. does not make perfect. Perfect practice. <laughs> practice. It's perfect. Yes. Right? Yes. So. Wow. Okay. Well, Casey, we've kind of run up on time, but I want to know, know. what... My next call is calling me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I was just going to say, what's next and how can people get a hold of you? Uh, well, I, you know, I'm, um, I'm offering up the gift of, of my intellectual property in the form of something called the human potential life map. And it's the ultimate life map on helping people see the world through a new lens. And I'm kind of gifting it away because uh, if people just, I think people would do better if they knew better. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, for me, um, I just wish people knew what I knew because I've been through so much pain, Neil, like you have, you know, I, I show a very good game face on podcasts or whatever you guys need me to do. Yeah. And there's one side of me that's deeply instilled with joy and gratitude for the life that I've lived. Yeah. But you know, I mean, it, it takes seconds to bring a tear to my eye in the pain I've experienced because you have to understand 250,000 people watch me climb a mountain. That meant 200, and 49,999 people who want to shoot him. Do you know what it's like to live with that? The target on my back mm. for 30 years? Yeah. People are really happy that I've been through a lot of pain. Like, ah, I always knew it was all that, but no. Nah. Like, it's like, really? Wow. So you don't need, if you haven't done much with your life, you never have a target. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. the That's the pawn in the play, right? Yeah. He's not a victim, he's not a villain, he's not a hero, he's not a guy. Just a yeah. just sitting there, and that's the guy, the you know, arm armchair quarterback, right? Yeah, like the, the it's it's like the people of like us that have been in the game, like blood, sweat, and tears. Like I've had it all, lost it all, you know, divorce, bankruptcy, you know, diagnosed with uh, DP, uh, PTSD. Like I lost everything, and then I was in a motorcycle action, broke my collarbone in four places. I broke my body, broke my life, broke my had to go through another, like just horrid things that things that people barely could survive in our lifetime. I've gone through four different times and multiple lifetimes. So yeah. today um, I'm just a guy that's been through one heck of a lot of stuff. That's like, if I can help you miss a few of those minds. Like that's probably, yeah. I'm here as the guide now. I'm no longer, I don't have any mountains to climb. Like, you know, so you know, how do how do how do people get uh, you know you're talking about the human potential? Well, how do humanpotential.com, humanpotentialinternational.com. International. So I, I I wanted to build a worldwide organization because I'm also a British citizen as well as Canadian, and uh, okay. and I also have a um, U.S. as well. So I I've always seen myself international. I've always seen yeah. myself as a person who believes, even though I grew up in Toronto in Canada, um, I felt like I wanted to touch the world as a Canadian yeah. citizen. You know, I could yeah. touch the world. Um, you can go to Human Potential International. There's some free stuff there. And uh, my biggest thing is, is like, if I can just make a difference, just give me a call. Like, you know, like yeah. you'll, you'll see an email me or whatever. It's, uh, um, I don't, I don't look for clients. People know if I'm right or not. I, right. I, don't, I don't advertise. I don't, I don't do right. any of that stuff. Um, you right. know, some people have asked me to write a book because um, they feel like um, there could be a lot in that book that could, you know, people could see a nugget or two, you know? Well, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I was just thinking as you, as you just shared a whole lot in a little bit right there at the end, I was like, there are lessons there that we, we should talk about at another time where you can actually talk about how to come back because, that right. art of the comeback, yeah. you know, is yeah. I'm not sure I'm fully. I could finish the chapter just yet because I'm still in the middle of it. But yeah. it's like that. The I will give you the 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 Cole's notes, which is, it's the day you realize you're never going to be the hero anymore. Yeah, that's the art of the comeback. Oh, are we? We're gonna stop it right there. <laughs> oh my goodness! But that is uh, brilliant, and I want to ask more about that because that is a mic drop 
It's the day you that realize. you realize you're never going to be a hero anymore. It's not your path. It's okay. Wow. Uh, Casey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. My pleasure, buddy. Really. Thank you. <laughs> Guys, you're going to have to wait till uh, we get Casey on again. And uh, <laughs> till, till then, uh, you guys have a great day. This is Leadership to Wealth and uh, Neil D'Souza, your host. Take care.